welcome to Nerd of Paradise. I'm your host, Kate, and you're listening to Episode 9. If you're a Beatles fan, you have come to the right place. If you're not a Beatles fan, hey, stick around. Maybe by the end, you'll be transformed into a Beatles fanatic. How about that? So, how's everyone doing? I'm doing good. I know it's been like forever and I'm really glad to be back and doing another episode of Nerd of Paradise. Things have been crazy busy for me lately and so I just haven't had time to do as much podcasting as I'd like but I finally got around to putting this episode together and I am super happy with the way it turned out. So before we get started I just wanted to mention a few things. Thanks so much to everyone for the awesome feedback about the last episode on cryonics. Um, <laughs> that was such a unique experience for me and I was happy to podcast about it. And I was just really grateful for the response everyone had and I was really glad that everyone enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing it. So thanks for that. And also as I... Um, was checking out iTunes, I did a search for Nerd of Paradise, and I saw that I actually had a review from November 1st (laughs) that I only recently discovered, so I want to just read it really quick. It's my first review, uh, and it's a five-star review, so thank you very much for that, L-1B. So let me just read it really quick. It's really nice. It says, this show is really fun, and Kate's take on all things nerd is great. The guests are impressively diverse and far-flung, the interviews are interesting and well done, and the show is just an all-around fun listen. So, awesome! Thanks again for that. Um, Obviously, if you like the show, feel free to hop on iTunes and give me a review. That would be amazing. So, I enjoy feedback like that. It's always nice to hear, especially good things. (laughs) So, thanks to everyone who listens. And I hope you continue to enjoy Nerd of Paradise as we go forward. So, let's get into the Beatles. How about that? Yeah. (laughs) Now, of all the different, like, fandoms and different things that I really like, Beatles are definitely way, way up there. They are one of my favorite things. So, why do I like the Beatles so much? It's hard to put into words, you know, the awesomeness that is the Beatles and it's almost more like a feeling it's like when I hear like just the first note of a Beatles song like I instantly recognize it and like any Beatles song almost will just give me this feeling of bliss and even if I'm like having a bad day or if I'm in a bad mood I just have to click on a Beatles song and it's like everything is right in the world so the Beatles they just were for me, the greatest band of all time. I think their music has stood the test of time. So I could go on and on about how much I love the Beatles and blah, 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 but why don't we just get on to the show? I'm really excited for the guests that I have on for this episode. So we're going to talk to Dominic and Erica Williams, who are some singers in Austin, Texas, and they also do a Beatles podcast. And then we'll also talk to podcaster Rob Irwin, who is also a Beatles fan. And you'll also hear my review of the movie Help. So why don't we go ahead and get started with the interview with Dominic and Erica. 
So let me go ahead and press play on that interview. Well, I'm Dominic Williams. Uh, and I'm Erica Williams. <laughs> are you? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, we run thebeatlesthroughtheyears.com, and we're very happy to be on Nerd of Paradise yes. podcast. Awesome. I'm happy to have you guys here. Have you always been Beatles fans? Nope. Just started last week. <laughs> Just got into them last week. Um, yeah, well, I've always been, well. I'm yeah, here. well, I mean, I mean, since we were kids. I it's mean, in the blood. Yeah. It's in the blood, I isn't so. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little, you're from England, correct, Dominic? Yep, correct. I'm from the south of England, a little place called Torquay. Okay. And uh, nowhere near Liverpool, it's about 200 miles away or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah. um, I wish I was from Liverpool, but unfortunately not. <laughs> and where are you from, Erica? From Austin, Texas, and um, we met online because of the Beatles. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. So that's kind of how we Beatles met. It's a Beatles love story. <laughs> on a Way little, back on MySpace. On a forum, I stalked oh, you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I well, didn't know him yeah. on the forum. <laughs> I didn't know him on this uh, this Beatles forum, and um, I saw you type in, and I thought, oh. I guess I had my MySpace information on the forum, and, and he, he messaged, I, he stalked me over to MySpace. And, yeah, uh, I pretended to be Paul McCartney, didn't I? Yeah, <laughs> that, that worked out so well, didn't it? Yeah. Wow. So, do you guys have a Beatles song that's like your song? Not really. I don't think we do. We don't. Wow. We sh- I know. Why don't we? <laughs> Pick one right now. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's going on there? Oh my yeah. God, we're, so, we're such an uh, inadequate couple. Yeah, we should, we, <laughs> I, mean, I suppose you could say, because at our wedding, we had um, our music failed at our wedding. This no. is the story. <laughs> and that was the one job I was in charge of. <laughs> you had yeah. one job. I had Real. one, and I failed it. And so Erica's dad had to um, quickly download a couple of Beatles songs to his iPhone and play them, and it was just an instrumental of Here, There, and Everywhere. So oh, nice. that would be our song. Yeah, that'll, that'll work. That'll work. <laughs> Any old song will work, yeah. So you guys are both singers, right? Uh, well, I'm a singer, yeah, and Erica's a singer. And... Well, I sing, yeah. Erica yeah. <laughs> sings, I play mostly. He's, he's... I'm not really a singer, I don't Well, think. you're a singer, yeah, but... I mean, you're more of a singer in in that, you know, all-around musician sense, whereas I just kind of sing in the shower, you know. Sing in the shower and all those solos on my SoundCloud, that's that's all you. Oh, yeah. It's all solos. Uh Yeah, don't lie to the people now. (laughs) So um, how do you think the Beatles has affected your guys' scene? Immeasurably, I think. I mean, if you want to. No, go ahead. Yeah. Um, immeasurably because i mean from i was eight when i got into them i mean i remember seeing them on tv on the royal variety show back in england it was like a repeat obviously because i'm not that old (laughs) i'm old but i'm not i'm not that old (laughs) but um uh yeah and it was just like i was transfixed and then my parents bought me like a compilation of their greatest hits and i just sat there with headphones on i think every day for like two weeks or something just listening over and over again and just got more and more obsessed and then I learned to play guitar and it was just I just have this kind of like I don't know what it is I mean I'm sure you can understand being you know into things like you know Star Wars and Star Trek and all this kind of stuff and, and the Beatles as well it's just like 
there's nothing that can replace it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, you know, it's 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 bigger than love. I don't know. Yeah. I may, I may not be making sense here. No, but, you know. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely, I think. I mean, I just like to sing in general, but I think the Beatles definitely influenced you musically well, completely. <laughs> completely. <laughs> dominating influence. Yeah. I try to replicate their songs and everything. It's just yeah, just a big copycat. You do it very well, too. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> do you have a favorite Beatles song that you like to perform? Um, not really, no. I think, I, I think the song that I, you know, that... I learn in that moment, you know, when I just like, oh, yeah, that's a great song. I'll have to learn that. That's like my favorite from, you know, to, song to perform in the moment when I do it. But um, no, I don't really have a favorite one. I kind of really like um, on SoundCloud, we we have a recording of um, Helter Skelter, the, the jazzy kind of. The acoustic version. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah on, and I, I really demo. like, that's just fun. That's fun for me yeah. to sing yeah. personally. Yeah, I like yeah, I like Helter Skelter. I like the rock rock version well, too. Yeah, the screamy version. Screamy. Yeah, down, down, oh, darling, and uh, oh yeah. yeah. If I had a yeah, doing that one too. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> okay, so let's talk favorites in regards to the Beatles. So, who's your favorite Beatle? Oh, this is gonna get us killed. <laughs> Because, well, I I love them all equally, despite Erica oh, thinking it's Paul you. is my favorite. <laughs> No, of course I, we love them all equally. I mean, how can you, you know? You yeah, can't. I mean, but you got to have a favorite one that you like just, just a little just bit a little more. Bit. I do. I have a favorite one. Mine, mine is John. Who's yours? That's, mine's John too. Yay! <laughs> I, mine's John too. Okay. <laughs> he says his is John. No, it, it, it is. But it's secretly Paul. We it all is. know. <laughs> it is because when I was a kid, I always kind of identified with John more. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was like, my dad or something like in John. I think John was his favorite Beatle too. Yeah. Hmm. My dad was a more, more of a Rolling Stones fan. Oh, he, no. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, he always says it, it wasn't me that got him into them. He just got into them himself, you know. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it was, it's, it's more like a John thing. I mean, I do love Paul and I love George. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a, well, we're recording this on the day that, he sadly went 14 years ago, and you know, I, I, I mean, John and George, it's kind of like a, they're kind you of just interchangeable. You had to bring it down, didn't you? <laughs> you had to you yeah, bring thanks, them back. You know. <laughs> George is great. <laughs> he wouldn't mind if he was here. No, he'd make some kind of a sarcastic joke. Yeah, yeah, he was very sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I like him. He's very yeah, sarcastic. yeah. I really like George a lot too. Yeah. I know it's so hard. It's like they're all so good in their own way. They're all so different that it yeah. is really pick, pick a favorite one. But yeah, John's fine. So. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> okay, how about favorite Beatles song? Ooh. I'm going to say In My Life. because oh, that's a good one. It's just, you know, and it's a John song again. See? <laughs> um, no, it's just a great, you know, when I listen to that, it's just, it just ca- perfectly captures like my memories of childhood and growing up and you know it can be applied very well i mean we talked about it in the last podcast of ours didn't we in my life you know yeah i think it's probably just my favorite old t- old time beatles song i mean i don't know if it's yours um well yeah it's really hard you it, really it's one like of my don't let me down yeah really. it's one of my favorite in my life is one of my favorite mm-hmm. all songs but one of my favorite Beatles songs is just is Don't Let Me Down. 
And it's not a really well-known song. I mean, amongst I think it was a single. Passing. Was it? I think so. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm not sure. But I mean, like the White Album. No, it's from. Uh, oh, it's not from any album actually. Oh, you oh. said it was a single. It was, yeah, it was yeah, a single. Yeah, it was a single. They put um, it on the um, it when they naked. did the Let It Be oh, Naked. Oh, that's why I've heard it. Yeah. That's like my favorite album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great album, and they did one. it. They performed it on the rooftop. Yeah. They did on the rooftop. Yeah, the rooftop. And gig. Um, yeah. yeah, it's the first time I heard it. I think was when we had the uh, we got the blue album. <laughs> it was just a oh yeah, the blue album was where it yeah. appeared first uh-huh. on an album. For, yeah. Yeah. You call that a Beatles album, even though they weren't together and stuff. Right, you know? right, yeah. And um, yeah, hits. I love that song. <laughs> yeah, it's a great song. I like the the live version better than the recorded version, actually. Yeah. Reason, it's, it's just more. And when John messes up, and there's a bit where the the He's guitars sound really good. <laughs> yeah, the guitars sound really good. I mean, that's my musical obsession coming through there. But yeah, so in my life and don't let me down. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of it kind of changes, but well, yeah. I mean, every day, yeah. you know, every, every moment, it's like. Yeah, what's your favorite? What do you have a favorite Beatles song? Um, I think is it on that "Let It Be Naked" one, like um, one after nine oh nine. I really oh, like that one. Yeah, yeah. That's on the original "Let It Be" too. Okay. Yeah. You know, I heard that in the grocery store a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's random. <laughs> It's so random. Yeah, because know, cause it's not a very well-known song. No, it's no, not. No, it's at not. All. And actually. When they re- when they recorded it in 1969, it was an old song. Even then, they tried to do it as um, I'm getting into my Beatle nerd <laughs> mode. Now. Um, they'd um, recorded a version of it for like a follow up to Please Please Me in 1963 oh, when wow. they were they were still very young boys. Yeah, with very short hair. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh, should we do this or not?" Because it's the the lyrics are kind of ridiculous. You yeah, know, but I, know, I don't even know what it means, but. <laughs> exactly is like it doesn't matter it's the beatles you know <laughs> it's one after 909 yeah and dig like, a pony <laughs> yeah dig a pony Love again that too, yeah that's a great awesome. one <laughs> so you're more later beatles then are you um yeah probably the later albums i like yeah. all of it but yeah I, I really like i like a lot of the later stuff yeah, me too i think uh, yeah because i mean we find so many people who are like oh well i kind of like the early beatles one or the oh, other yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, they, that's I mean, obviously, there's people who just love it all, like me. I mean, but yeah, there's days when I lean heavily towards their later stuff, and then, and then you know, yeah. I'll go back to that early well, the, stuff. I and mean, be like, wow, you, you can know? kind of separate it because the later stuff sounds more um, timeless in a way. Like you could kind of still hear a lot of it on the radio, and it wouldn't sound really dated. Whereas the, the early stuff sounds very very Mersey beat, very sixties. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's like, true. They blazed the trail for that as well. You know, all the other bands kind of copied that, and then they had to go one better. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had to come out with like timeless stuff. Yeah, and it's timeless though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so how about albums? Do you have a favorite album? We we we've we've been talking about this. <laughs> It's like, oh, this is my favorite album. Oh, this Actually, one. Actually, this one's my favorite album. Um, what, what's yours? Mine, um, mine always changes. I, 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 I'm going to say Help again because oh, I really yeah. like Help. For some reason, awesome. a lot of my, a lot of my um, favorite songs are on there. Like, You're Gonna Lose That Girl and Ticket to Ride. And um, it was just kind of like, it was 60s, but they were kind of progressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another Girl is another favorite. Paul's doing that live now. Well... He was on his last tour. Yeah. So. I think I alternate between, um, you know, even as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm 
am arguing with myself in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I all I was gonna say I alternate between um, Rubber Soul and the White Album, but I really love Abbey Road. It's a little too. bit of a contrast, Rubber Soul and the White Album, actually. Hmm. Yeah, of course it is, but you know, <laughs> I'm a John Cena. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and what about you? Um. Well, like I really like the "Let It Be Naked" one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That came out in yeah. That was like their stripped down. That was the yeah. the specter. That was supposed to be how they how they right. wanted and let it be originally. But yeah. like as like with the original albums, I don't know. Sgt. Pepper is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That's it's so hard to pick though. It's like like you're saying like any moment it can change and you'd be yeah. Like, oh. I, I think Sgt. Pepper is the universally accepted, you yeah. know, favorite Beatles one, album. Yeah. Yeah. So lot, good. yeah, for a lot of people, when the that's when the 60s, that's when people think of the 60s, they think of hippies. Yep. Psychedelic. Yeah. Psychedelic in 1967. Yeah. And Pepper was right in the middle mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Well, and then, so, like... What I'll talk about on Tea and a Buddy, too, Revolver has a very special place in my heart, too, because that was, like, the first Beatles album that I actually purchased myself. Oh, yeah. So, we'll talk about that more on your podcast. But. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, that <laughs> one is definitely really cool, so. Yes. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so. so, do you guys have, like, a particular accomplishment or... Beatles memory or something like that that you're like fondest of um speaking for myself um personally I, it's not really a memory it's it's more of a story that my dad says about how I how <laughs> I got into them I've talked about this before on on another podcast um that um when I was in the womb not even born yet they they went on holiday to um Portugal or somewhere mm-hmm. and uh, they stayed in this like apartment uh, that was underneath a, like what we call a Geordie bar which is like a, <laughs> a British bar out there it was um, and it played Beatles music day and night it was like all that's all they could play was Beatles music and it was just loud and you know they got sick and fed up maybe that's where my, why my dad's now at Rolling Stones <laughs> that's like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because he got sick and fed up. And, you know, obviously, you know, they say music, you know, that helps when the baby's in the womb and all yeah, Maybe yeah, I was yeah. listening to it and I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think your dad said, oh, you were kicking. You were kicking all the ki- time. I was kicking so all the time. Like so rocking out in there. <laughs> rocking out. Yeah. I'm still rocking out today. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. So, that, so I, I guess that's not really a memory because I can't remember it. But, you know. <laughs> but it's. Well, it's a good story. It's a good Beatles-related story. Yeah. Um, it was all right. You, you know which story I'm going to tell. I mean, no, I don't actually. <laughs> the time that I went to New York City uh, and met Paul McCartney. What? That's my favorite memory. Um, well, he was doing a signing for his uh, Eke Cormium album and his uh, concert DVD that he had out at the time. This was in like 96. I mean, sorry, 96. How old am I? This was in 2006. Yeah, how old are you? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm flying to New York by myself in 96. Um, and uh, and I heard it on 
this website that I was listening to at the time, luckily, um, called MacRadio.com. I think that's still going, actually. Yeah. um, And uh, they announced that he was going to be doing the signing. And so I struggled with it all week, whether or not to go. (laughs) And and my mom was kind of taunting me one day. She and I went um, down jogging at the lake. and, And I was just like, okay, you know what? fine we're gonna go home and I'm gonna book a flight and she was like oh yeah okay do it do it and I did it, and you did it. <laughs> I flew there and I kind of I slept I on didn't the, know you then no we didn't and um I slept on Sadly. the street in Times Square and um I got his autograph I met him and got his autograph yeah. and that was that was probably oh my gosh, that's amazing <laughs> probably one of the best experiences what did he say to you um oh god I you know I <laughs> it's it's so embarrassing because I was trying to think up all these cool things I could say to him when I got up there, but you know, of course, I'm I'm feeling like I'm gonna pass out or what throw kind up of cool or something things? like that. <laughs> and so it just like totally goes out of my head, and I'm just like I just go up there and I'm like, I love you. <laughs> like oh thanks, and and um, you know I said oh yeah, and my mom. My mom told me to tell you that she loves you, too. And so he sent her his love, which she remembers on a daily basis. Got on the guitar, send, send <laughs> Yeah, he was like, oh, Paul McCartney, send me his loving. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, it was nice. And I asked him if I could shake his hand because I was like, I'm not getting out of here without touching you. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. So, so you said that to him, too, didn't you? <laughs> I wish I had. See, these I'm not getting out of here without touching you, Paul. <laughs> Things that I didn't get to say. Yeah. And then, did you not wash your hand for like a couple weeks? <laughs> I wanted to, she still but, hasn't. Yeah. She keeps it in a. <laughs> I wanted to, but you know, New York City. Oh, that's not- true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. It's very clean in New York City. <laughs> He's a clean old man. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he was a clean old man. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, uh, my favorite it was when I went to London a couple years ago. And I did the Beatles walking tour. Oh, yeah. Have you guys with, done that? With Richard Porter. Um, oh, was, was, you, you didn't is he remember. called the Beatle Brain of Britain? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I think there might be a few of them. Yeah, now, Richard Porter is like the most famous name. He keeps popping up on mm-hmm. and, uh, and Twitter and stuff. All I remember was that he, was, he kept calling himself the Beatle Brain of Britain. <laughs> Maybe it was him. It, it sounds was like it him. was possibly him. Yeah, <laughs> it probably was. But that was so cool. You get to see all you know they, where they did the rooftop concert and Abbey oh, Road. Yeah. And... yeah, we we, we did. did our own. We, we did our own because yeah. we're cheap like that. See, yeah. <laughs> we are cheap indeed. But <laughs> I think it would be. I think it would be really fun though. I'm sure that they would be able to think of maybe some places that we might not have remembered about. You oh know? yeah. Well. Yeah. I'm, yeah, like I mean, their Park Lane apartment flat. Oh God! Park, yeah. It's Green Street. Sorry, I get this. I get all this stuff wrong, you know. And <laughs> there's, probably, there's probably Beatle nerds who know exactly when album and when the albums were. Like, oh, that that Dominic. I hate him. I want to kill him. He's wrong. <laughs> Stop getting the Beatles wrong. Oh, that's, <laughs> well, that's that's really fun though. Yeah, definitely. That's the, that's the only experience. bad part was like of all the times to visit there at, or the zebra crossing was under construction. Oh, uh, no. they were there, was, there was just enough room for one person 
that where it wasn't like barricaded off, you know? So like oh, that's a sad oh, picture of me just standing on this little piece of oh, the oh, thing. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you need to go back again. I know, I definitely do. I do because I didn't get a picture in front of Big Ben either. Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> that's my it's just a lot of oh no's coming from us here. <laughs> I know, I definitely need to go back. Picture with anything. <laughs> There's a picture at Stonehenge, I think. Um, oh, yeah, we haven't been there, so. Oh, no, yeah, we eh, Stonehenge is, like, kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll make note of that. Oh, we'll make a note of that. <laughs> I thought it was, anyway. But actually, that's another Beatle place they played in. Um, oh, yeah. In oh, wow. Well. During Help. During right? Help. It's, yeah, if you, you watch the Help, you, you'll see Stonehenge. There you go, Beatle. You know, I've never actually seen the movie Help. Oh, really? Well, you need to see it now. I know, I do. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't. Actually, I was thinking for the podcast, I might do a review for it. I might actually watch it and, like, do a review. Have you seen A Hard Day's Night? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she just made the reference, Clean Old Man. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love Hard... Is it like Hard Day's Night? Um, not really. <laughs> it's color because they had a lot of money this time. So. Yeah, it's still there, it's like, but... Have you, you, you've seen episodes of The Monkees? TV show? Um, like clips. Clips. Yeah. It's the monkeys TV show is basically the help. Oh, okay. It's a great movie. You gotta see <laughs> no, it. No, but no, but I definitely um I definitely would be curious to hear what you think about help. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think you should I think you should do a podcast reviewing it. Yeah. Yep. Final thoughts about the Beatles. They're great. All you need go is buy love. their records. All you need is love. Uh, yeah. Go listen to them. Yeah, I mean everybody. Everybody needs to listen to the Beatles. Oh yeah, um, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right, and um, do you want to tell people how they can find you guys online and social media and all that kind of stuff? Well, you can check us out at thebeatlesthroughtheyears.com. dot uh, com. That's just a website with blogs and information about the band and fan stuff we really encourage all the fans to get on there and tell their stories so and we can find us on facebook at the beatles through the years and on twitter as t butty it's t-a-b-u-t-t-y <laughs> and the t and a buddy podcast oh yeah, oh, oh, yeah. yes that's, that's, that's <laughs> we're gonna fun. have you on so everybody needs to yeah. come, li- yeah, come exactly. into that coming down here and talking to us yeah so, so generally with with your tea and a buddy podcast you're going through like album by album right that's 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 the idea yeah i mean we kind of came up with that concept because you know it was something to talk about for the show instead of mm. just thing i mean sometimes we'll like spin off into other tangents like sometimes we have. i think <laughs> all the time. okay okay all the time but. it can be pretty safe to assume that that's gonna happen yeah <laughs> Yeah, show after true, show, yeah. True. Yeah, eventually I want to, like, I mean, w- once we finish with the albums, we're going to start doing other topics, yeah. too. I- I'd really like to have, like, because there's a lot of Beatles fan fiction out there, and I think that you would be really interesting. You want to talk about the Beatles fan fiction, do you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've written, like fun. Everyone's written it. Yeah, I think so. I think Kate's written it, too. She doesn't <laughs> tell us. No, but I have <laughs> drawn... <laughs> the revolver cover. Oh wow! I'll talk about in your uh, podcast maybe a little more. <laughs> so it was awesome having you guys on the show. So thanks Thank for coming. Very much for having us. Thanks. We had fun. 
All right, so thanks again to Dom and Erica. It was so fun talking to you guys. And guys, be sure to check out their podcast, Tea and a Buddy, if you like the Beatles, especially their Revolver episode because I was on it. So there you go. All right, so let's get on to the next part of the show. So next up, I chat with Rob Irwin. If that name sounds kind of familiar... He's the guy that's responsible for getting me into podcasting. (laughs) So yeah, back in the day, there was this little podcast called Who Wars that he started and started podcasting for that. And now I'm doing my own podcast. (laughs) But it was really cool to talk with Rob and it was kind of different having him on my show instead of like the other way around. But yeah, it was super awesome talking to Rob and... So we kind of just chat Beatles for a little while, and he also gives me the history of a few Beatles songs, which I was kind of surprised about. Um, sometimes you tend to see your heroes uh, with rose glasses, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's not always the case, as you'll find out. And this is just scratching the surface of some of these songs. So I'm sure if I did more research, I would be really shocked. And maybe I don't want to know everything. (laughs) But, I mean, it still is cool to, to find out the background of these things. And, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, so I'm here with Rob Irwin. Say hey, Rob. Hey, Rob. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hello, Kate. How are you? I'm good. That's good. How's it going? It's going very good. Yeah. Great, actually. Sweet. So you're here on Nerd of Paradise for the Beatles Spectacular episode. Very excited about that because it's one of my favorite bands since I was a kid. One of your favorites, not your favorite? Oh, look, I think in each era, different bands appear that you like. Uh, (laughs) From the 60s, though, they're certainly right up there in the top three, um, probably alongside The Doors and... I don't know, the Rolling Stones or something like that. Cool. Mm. Okay. In terms um, of top British bands, they're number one. How about that? <laughs> of the 60s? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they're definitely my favorite band, like, of all time. So, have you always been a Beatles fan? As long as I can remember. I mean, we used to sing their songs in, like, um, primary school, um, even in kindergarten. I can remember a, a particular temporary teacher who'd come in when our teacher was sick and uh, he could play guitar, acoustic guitar, and he would sing like Yellow Submarine and we'd sing along with that. And, you know, so right back to when I was, say, five years old, I can remember singing Beatles songs at school. But it was probably when a particular album came out in the early 80s. So I was probably about eight years old at the time. Um, globally, this album was called 20 Greatest Hits. And Beatles fans out there might remember it. It was pretty much all their greatest hits. Um in Australia, it came out as The Number Ones, and it had 23 tracks on it instead of 20. And I had this on cassette. My brother had a copy too. That's how I knew it existed, because I'd been borrowing his. And then I went out and bought my very own copy of this. So this had basically all their UK Number Ones on it. So what what a great album to listen to, just hit after hit after hit. And I played it over and over and over and over. And um, it was probably instrumental in, in me wanting to learn guitar as well cool. a few years later uh and taking that up as well just because their songs are just so great to play and you know yeah so that that's probably how my Beatles 
fandom mania started. <laughs> That's awesome because it's kind of similar with me. Like I had, I don't think it was the same album, but it was like definitely like a top hits thing that I had gotten from my brother. <laughs> yeah, so, I, your yeah, brother's older. For big, yeah, yeah. I think older brothers and older sisters are good for that. You know, <laughs> they they go out and explore the world and find all this cool stuff and bring it back. And when you're the, the younger sibling, you. you uh, get the payoff you know <laughs> you get all this stuff baby? handed to you i'm i'm the youngest in my family yeah i am too yeah. i didn't know that <laughs> yeah so i think it's a really good place to be they go out and do all the hard work and then yeah exactly they come back and say look here's a beatles album here's hendrix and you know here's comic books and here's you know whatever and it's like oh great <laughs> i don't have to go and explore the world i can just take it all off you <laughs> so what do you think it is about the beatles they have such wide appeal what do you think it is about them I, oh, there's, there's there's many things I like about them. I like the fact, and, and did at the time, that they were a real band. They were guys writing their own songs. You know, they weren't the Monkees, you know, like a manufactured band. Right. They weren't like a modern boy band. You know, these were guys who sat down with their acoustic guitars in hotel rooms and wrote songs and then went into the studio and tried all different tricks to make them sound good and produced wonderful, wonderful pop music you know just fantastic but beyond that you know you you watch their their press interviews and and they were witty and funny and you know just had that great liverpudlian scouse kind of you know humor about them and you know had had a quirky an even quirkier sense of humor when you think of later in later years george harrison getting involved with monty python and backing some of their films like life of brian and things like that. You, you knew these were guys who loved to laugh, played music, had a good time. It's like you wanted to, to be their friends, you know? You, yeah. They were just really likable. Yeah, totally. So who is your favorite Beatle? Paul. <laughs> really? Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Do you have a reason? I... The, again, when you say, why do you like the Beatles and why do you like Paul? You know, <laughs> there, are, there are so many reasons. You know, yeah. he, he is a brilliant bass play. When you, you just sit and listen just to the bass lines of some of the songs, the stuff he's doing is incredible. And when you consider that some of them he's actually singing at the same time as playing these particular melodic bass lines, it's like, wow, that's really talented. I think he's one of the greatest bass players of all time, um, myself. Uh, but I, I just liked, you know, his humor and wit. I guess when I was a kid, John being the spikier kind of personality, I, you know, when you're a kid, that's kind of scary in a way. <laughs> Paul was the friendly, acuter Beatles, so maybe I gravitated more towards him as a kid because he wasn't spiky and a bit scary. I can certainly appreciate John very much, but mm -hmm. uh, Paul, I've always just sort of gravitated to for some reason. Cool. <laughs> So, um, what do you think, why do you think Ringo, he, he's like almost consistently like, I mean, I know some people he's the favorite, but he's usually not on people's top list. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I, I, it's like the drummer in any band, I guess, to get recognized, you've got to be like Dave Grohl. You've got to get out from behind those drums in Nirvana and start your own band. You've got to be up the front singing. And indeed, that's what Ringo, you know, Ringo had a group where he did a lot of singing in the 50s and, you know, early 60s, the Hamburg era for the Beatles, when they sort of knew him before he was in the Beatles, you know, and he did mm -hmm. sing on some Beatles tracks. But I guess when Paul and John have got the limelight in the singing and George to a lesser degree you do tend to concentrate more on the singers, I guess, 
And uh, that's probably why Ringo doesn't get as, as many fans, <laughs> perhaps, you know. I like Ringo, but... Oh, he's yeah. great. And when he sings, it's fantastic, you know. Yeah. It, 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 the band is just a combination of four guys. It's just that perfect storm, you know, the right four guys at the right, right. time, you know. And that that's true of many bands, actually. Yeah, totally. Cool. So, are there any specific, like, Beatles songs or lyrics that have special meaning to you or that you just really like for some reason? Oh, you know, when when I was a kid listening to that 23 number one album, um, you know, I used to like stuff like, uh, oh, I'm trying to think, like, like Nowhere Man, mm-hmm. you, you know, because when I was younger, I think about the lyrics and I still think about them now. I think that's a really interesting lyric. That's really interesting what he's saying. And, and that's mm-hmm. a John song, you know, it's not even a Paul song particularly. And, and that, that, that baseline, I can hear it in my head now that drives it along, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get to something like the ballad of John and Yoko, you know, and, and, and he's singing Christ, you know, it ain't easy. If you, oh, he said, a, he said a rude word, you know, <laughs> when, when you're eight years old, this is like, Oh, I hope mum and dad didn't hear me listening to this. Jeez. You know, he, he said Christ, you know, so, you know, uh, and then they're bigger than the beetle or bigger than Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, indeed, indeed. But, uh, <laughs> You know, so when I when I think of each track on that album, I can probably think of something, you know, or, or when I listen to Help for some reason, I, I think of their Shea Stadium performance, you know, where they're wearing those safari suits and, you know, every song brings up memories of some kind or another, you know, they might not be particularly deep and meaningful always, but, um, you know, I can remember listening to that album over and over and thinking many things about all the songs. So, do you have um, a particular album that's your favourite? Again, that's that's really hard because they have such diversity over such a relatively small, you know, career as a band. Right. But I like Rubber Soul uh, mm-hmm. very, very much because it's it's kind of that midway point where they've gotten away from doing their their rock and roll covers and such, and they've learned how to to really craft brilliant songs. They haven't quite got to the Sgt. Pepper's White Album experimental stage yet or the end sort of stage where they're sort of fighting all the time. So mm-hmm. it's for me, it's just this magical album almost in the middle and it's it's just a joy to listen to. Oh yeah, we were talking about this before we came on. I have a book here uh, by Steve Turner and it's called A Hard Day's Right. Uh, I believe it came out in probably about 94, 95 because that's about the time I remember getting it. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's 20 years old or a bit old, older than 20 years old at this point in time. And the subheading for it is the stories behind every Beatles song. Sweet. Uh, so basically Steve Turner's gone through every track from every album and tried to pull up information about it uh, and tells a little anecdote. And there's, there's heaps of really good pictures in it as well. Um, it's been a while since I've opened it, so it's, it's a, actually quite fun to be looking at it again now. <laughs> Cool. So do you want to uh, pick a few songs and tell us a few of their stories then? Yeah. Well, from, from Rubber Soul, perhaps? Yeah, let's do it. Well, okay. Why, <laughs> why, don't, we, why don't we tic-tac between, between us? Okay. In terms of picking songs. So I'm just looking at a track listing now. You know, you got Drive My Car, Norwegian Wood, mm-hmm. You Won't See Me, Nowhere Man, which I mentioned earlier. You know, uh, girl, I'm looking through you in my life. There's a classic. Those are all so good. You know, you know, you talk about meaningful things. When I was a kid, I used to remember listening to the little um, 
piano. Well, it's more more than a piano. It's more like an electric sort of piano solo mm-hmm. in 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 my, in my life. Yeah. And uh, I used to just listen to that over and over. Think, man, that's brilliant. Anyway, I'm digressing. That song is great. <laughs> <laughs> They're all great. Let's see. Let, let's start with "Drive My Car." That's that's the the first track. Beep beep and beep beep. Yeah. That's indeed. <laughs> so, what does Steve Turner have to say? He says. A first hearing of Drive My Car might suggest that the Beatles are telling some baby to drive their car, but closer inspection of the lyric reveals that it's the male narrator who is being asked to do the driving. He's trying to chat someone up using the well-worn line, Well, what do you want to be? Suggesting sexual favours in return for promises of career advancement. The woman tells him that she wants to be a movie star, but then reverses roles by saying that she might, and it is only might, agree to give him some love if he agrees to be her chauffeur. (laughs) By the second verse, it's the man who is pleading his case, arguing that his prospects are good. It's a good twist, inspired perhaps by the tougher breed of women that the Beatles were meeting in America. Mm. There you go, Kate. You're all tough over there. Um, (laughs) Paul remembered this song as the only one he got stuck on, the storyline being pulled together at the last minute with some help from John. When he arrived at Abbey Road on October 20, 1965, to record the song, the chorus was, I can give you golden rings, I can give you anything, baby, I love you. John dismissed this as crap, and so the (laughs) two of them huddled together to create an alternative and came up with Baby You Can Drive My Car, a tougher, more sexually charged image, which in turn gave rise to the playful beep beep and beep beep yeah background vocal. John always agreed it was Paul's song with a bit of last-minute tuning, and Paul said the idea of the girl being a bitch was the same, but the change made the key line better. Two days after recording Drive My Car, Paul told a music magazine, we've written some funny songs, songs with jokes in. We think that comedy numbers are the next thing after protest songs. And there you go. That's what the book has to say on Drive My Car. (laughs) I had no idea. Like, I don't know any of the history of any songs. Now I'm going to be, like, traumatized for life. <laughs> oh, you should read this book. It's it's, it's great, you know. Um, but I think that little story even shows how many of the Beatles songs, particularly once they got going, it would be Paul or John doing the majority of the song. And then the other one would come in and say, I don't like that line or here's a good key change or, or whatever. Yeah. And so the songs were always Lennon-McCartney songs, but generally they were written by one rather than the other. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> now I'm afraid to like learn the meanings of these songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never think of them the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, would, would you like to pick a song from um, Rubber Soul? Sure. Um, okay, looking at the list here. Um... Let's do Michelle. That's my middle name. Oh, I never knew that. That's a good reason to do that. Let's see. I'll just flick through a few pages. Ooh, this is a longer entry, but it's probably quite worth it. Oh. Michelle dates back to Liverpool days when Paul went to when Paul, I'm sorry, went with John to a party thrown by art students at a time when the intellectual life of the Parisian left bank was fashionable and bohemianism was signalled by berets, beards, and jetanes. I think they're a kind of cigarette. Back in those days, people would point at you in the street in Liverpool if you had a beard, remembers Rod Murray, who shared the Gambia Terrace flat with John and Stuart Sutcliffe. Stuart Sutcliffe, of course, was their original bass player. If you had a beret, they would call you a beatnik. We liked Juliet Greco, and everyone fancied getting in with Bridget Bardot. 
At this party, a student with a goatee beard and a striped t-shirt was hunched over his guitar singing what sounded like a French song. Soon after, Paul began to work on a comical imitation to amuse his friends. It remained a party piece with nothing more than a Charles Anzavar-style Gallic groanings as accompaniment until in 1965, John suggested to Paul he should write proper words for it and include it on the album. Radio presenter Muriel Young, then working for Radio Luxembourg, can remember Paul visiting her at her home in Portugal while he was working on it. This was probably during September 1965, when the Beatles took a month off between the American tour, which had finished on August 31st, and the new album, which was due to begin recordings on October 12th. He sat on our sofa with Jane Asher, that was his girlfriend at the time, and he was trying to find the words, Muriel says. It wasn't uh, Michelle Marbel then. He was singing Goodnight Sweetheart, then Hello My Dear, just looking for something that would fit the rhythm. Eventually, Paul chose to go with the French feel and to incorporate a French name with some French words. He spoke to Jan Vaughan, the wife of his old school friend Ivor Vaughan, the person responsible for introducing Paul to John, who was a French language teacher. I asked her what sort of things I could say that were French and which would go together well, said Paul. It was because I'd always thought that the song sounded French that I'd stuck with it. I can't speak French properly, so that's why I needed help in sorting out the actual words. Jan remembers that Paul first spoke to her about it when she and Ivan were visiting him at the Ashes London home. He asked me if I could think of a French girl's name with two syllables and then a description of the girl that would rhyme. He played me the rhythm on his guitar and that's when I came up with Michelle Marbel, which which wasn't actually that hard to think of. I think it was some days later that he phoned me up and asked if I could translate the phrase, these are words that go together well. And I told him that it should be, and then it's there in the French. I'm not going to attempt to say it in French because I can't (laughs) speak French for the life of me. When Paul played the song to John, he suggested the I love you in the middle section, specifying that the emphasis should fall on the word love each time. He was inspired by Nina Simone's recording of I Put a Spell on You, a hit in Britain during August 1965, where she had used the same phrase but placed the emphasis on the you. My contribution to Paul's songs was always to add a little bluesy edge to them, John said. Otherwise, Michelle is a straight ballad. (laughs) And and there you go again. John comes in at the end and uh, suggests the I love you, I love you, I love you part of of the song. But apart from that, it's pretty much a Paul song. Wow. And started out as a parody of some guy at a party. That's so funny. That's <laughs> awesome. I like that. I know. I just, it's like actually my bell. Like it's not my bell. Mm. Right? That's right. <laughs> but I didn't realize that until like a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine because you don't speak French, you know. So yeah. it, it could sound like my bell to people. So, yeah, I, I love this book. I love the stories behind the songs. You know, some are more interesting than others. But, yeah, it uh, sounds really good. I'm going to have to get that book. Yeah, it just goes to show that, you know, there, there were things inspiring these things that were sometimes quirky, sometimes sad, tragic, or sometimes they started off over here and then ended up over there, you know, by the yeah. time they finished, you know, throwing lyrics in and making it all work. Should we do one more? Why not? I think this is fun, actually. I think we should, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, would you like to pick or would I? Or should we try and pick um, together? Uh, Whatever. <laughs> Well, I'm looking... I, I've always liked Norwegian Wood. Um, yeah, how about Norwegian Wood? I'm curious about that one. Norwegian Wood, which, you know, does have a lot of interpretations from people, um, you know, uh, even without this book. So, okay, Norwegian Wood. 
Although John was famous as the married beadle, he was not happily married, nor was he faithful. He took advantage of backstage groupies, admitted to having been photographed on his hands and knees outside a Dutch brothel, and told his wife Cynthia in 1968 that he had had affairs. Norwegian Wood was about one such entanglement. In language John later described as gobbledygook, the song, de- the song details a seduction scene where, again, the woman appears to be the one in control. Because, uh, obviously, it's referring to Drive My Car being the track before where the woman was also in control. The lyrics open with a boast about a girl John has had, but he quickly corrects himself by saying that it was she who had him. She takes him back to her apartment and asks him to admire the furnishings, which are made out of the then-fashionable Norwegian pine. After talking and drinking until two in the morning, she says it's time for bed. In the song, he makes his excuses and leaves for a night in the bathroom, but in reality, the story obviously had a different ending because he said it had been written about an act of unfaithfulness without letting my wife know I was writing about an affair. John's friend, Pete Shotton, said he... He said that it was about a female journalist that John was close to. John wrote Norwegian Wood in February 1965 while on a skiing holiday in San Moritz, Switzerland, with Cynthia, George Martin, and George's future wife, Judy. He later asked Paul with help for the ending, and Paul suggested that he add some lines about the apartment burning down. Pete Shotton thought this could have referred to John's habit of burning furniture in the fireplace at Gambia Terrace in Liverpool. While he was there, John would sometimes ask guests to sleep in the bath, the memory of which might have prompted the line in Norwegian Wood about sleeping in the bath. The track stood out on Rubber Soul for its use of sitar. It was the first time the Indian instrument had been used on a pop record. George Harrison had become fascinated with the sitar after coming across one while filming Help in the Bahamas and would later study under the Indian master Ravi Shankar. Wow. So there you go. John writing about an affair without trying to be too explicit about it. And uh, Paul coming in at the end and saying, why don't you burn the place down? So... (laughs) So, again, Beatles quirkiness. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So are, are all of them like that? Do they all have, like, this sordid history? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the boys, you know, this is the thing about the Beatles. The boys grew up in Liverpool. It was a pretty tough place to grow up, you know, mm-hmm. and they were tough boys. They could fight. They could mix it up with people. You know, some people even think that Stu Sutcliffe's eventual brain aneurysm and problems he had were based on a, a, a good kicking he'd taken once when oh, he wow. and John were in a fight with a group of other guys. Whoa. So, you know, when you look at the early Beatles and they're in their suits and, and stuff and they're looking very clean cut and very polished, you know, they're actually quite rough. They're probably tougher than the Rolling Stones, you know, who present, presented an image that mm-hmm. was rougher. But they're all sort of middle class boys from London (laughs) who were nowhere near as tough as the Beatles in reality, but presented a much tougher image. So how did I start on that? You asked me... If all the songs have like a sordid history. That's right. So I'd like to say that the boys growing up in such a tough neighborhood, you know, learning life on the streets, you know, I think they probably do have a tougher, more sordid sort of background to draw on. You know, wow. and uh, and some of these songs probably do have that kind of vibe to them. It's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, I, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I have a question for you, which just popped into my head. And, oh. You know, we're talking about Rubber Soul, the album, mm-hmm. but in America, all the Beatles albums, at least initially, were released with totally different names and different track listings 
And it's like there's this parallel world of Beatles albums in the US. So my question to you is, when you were growing up, were Beatles albums, you know, your Rubber Souls, your Revolvers and such that were released in the UK and elsewhere? Or were you picking up old LPs, you know, with these old American titles and different track listings and things like that? Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> like, the first CDs that I bought were... Well, like, the first one was, um, no, <laughs> I forget the name. That's what, by the um, CD era. No, it was era, Revolver. It was Revolver, yeah. By the CD era, I think they'd probably settled on, you know, just releasing yeah, the UK-style albums. so it was, like, the albums. CD era by the time I really started getting into the Beatles. <laughs> okay, well, that's but, interesting. You know, I, I had in the back of my mind, if you'd, you know, maybe look through someone's old LP collection, you know, you might have pulled out no, some. No, I um, do, I actually do collect um, LPs. I don't have a record player, but... I do have a few um, Beatles albums. I have um, Sgt. Pepper. Mm-hmm. but And then I think I have a couple of John Lennon ones that I have found. But yeah, cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it always used to fascinate me how it, they were so big in America. They just had completely different album releases there. Yeah. You know, uh, with with just completely different names. Like, you know, it's the, weird. The, the famous one, of course, is the Beatles Yesterday and Today, I think, which is the one where... You know, initially it was released with the boys on the cover and they're holding chunks of meat and dismembered dolls. Oh, I've seen that. That's disturbing. <laughs> and, you know, then, then the cover got changed to something, you know, completely. Is that because they thought that would be, appeal more to Americans or what? I I don't know. I think, you know, they call it the butcher cover. I I think it's just the boys' funny personality. You know, the, the Beatles are in the, the very much the vein of Monty Python and surrealist yeah. kind of humour and, and all that sort of stuff. I think they just would have thought it was a funny photo shoot and then it got picked up for the cover of that album. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. You know, for, um, awesome. for Capitol, Capitol Records. That's right. It was EMI in the UK would do certain albums and Capitol Records in the US would do the, the US albums. Cool. Yeah. So, um, on this episode, I'm also going to be doing a review for uh, the movie Help. Have you ever seen that? I, I certainly have. It's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> Do you have it, any though. thoughts on that? I, th- I think it's fun. I like that it's in colour, um, unlike A Hard Day's Night, which is its own nice thing, being in black and white. Yeah. But it's it's nice. To- I always like to see period footage in colour, you know, mm-hmm. I, I uh, not even with regard to the Beatles, but when you look at World War Two footage, if I can see World War Two footage in colour, I'm like, oh, wow. Or if I can mm-hmm. see the sunset strip in LA in the 60s with the doors running around and it's in colour, I'm so excited. So I just love seeing things in colour. And it's that great 60s kind of colour, um, <laughs> which doesn't look entirely realistic, but looks just eye-poppingly beautiful um yeah. you know the, the storyline's a bit funny with you know Ringo <laughs> and his ring and all that sort of stuff as I yeah. recall but um in terms of a script it's probably not as good as a hard day's night I would say that it, you know I, I think... was actually like I had just seen it for the first time like a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and um I was expecting like I wasn't even expecting a storyline to be honest <laughs> is that right yeah I thought it was like more like a like clips and stuff like just not anything like that made sense so i was actually impressed just to have a plot <laughs> okay cool cool and yeah. and and from it i don't know if growing up I, you were the right age to have seen something like the spice girls spice world <laughs> but you can um, certainly draw parallels right. between spice world and the early beatles films i think 
Interesting. In terms of them having a bit of a plot, and they're a bit quirky and funny, and then they <laughs> do songs in between, you know, and it's a full-length movie. Interesting. Yeah. That, Maybe that's... I need to do a Spice Girls episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're reforming yet again and touring yet again or something yeah. or other in the year ahead. I think I've seen that headline somewhere, so... <laughs> You know, they're, they're certainly old enough now that they are sort of enmeshed in pop culture. They're not just a current band anymore. Right. They're, they're like a, you know, gosh, what, <laughs> what are we talking, 20 years ago? Something like that? I don't Probably, know. Probably, yeah. Mm. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, do you have any final thoughts about the Beatles? Oh, look, I'm... I'm... <laughs> Where where can you start? You know, they, they inspired me to play guitar. They've they've filled my ears with good tunes for many, many a year. Um, you know, they they split off and obviously had solo careers that I followed with varying amounts of interest. Like I didn't listen to every George Harrison LP, but there are some that I love and then of course George Harrison went off again and did the Travelling Woolberries with Bob Dylan and Roy Orbison mm-hmm. and, and other artists that I really, really, really like. Um, I've seen Paul McCartney in concert. That's over nice. 20 years ago now. That's probably about 23 years ago this year. Um, they have just brought so much to my life and been part of the, the tapestry of my life, part of the wallpaper, just always there. It's it's really hard to just say one thing <laughs> that sums them up. But, uh, yeah. you know, aside from, you know, thank you for existing thank you for <laughs> happening you know <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly it's it's almost impossible to, to summarize and you know even just looking at a, a couple of tracks here off, or three tracks off rubber soul there's just yeah. so much stuff you can dig into if you're yeah, a beatles totally. fan and i'd encourage people out there if you if you are a beatles fan you probably are listening to the, this particular podcast go and grab a book like a hard day's ride or go and grab some biographies of the boys or something and really just dig in because there is so much you can get into if you want to. Cool. Or you can just listen oh. to the songs. Yeah, definitely. I know, like they're all streaming now, right? So yeah, that that was like the big news like a few weeks back, and I yeah. thought, oh, it doesn't really help me because I've got them all on disc and I've ripped them all to my <laughs> you know computer. So and and that's great. And it's like you know with the rise and rise of Netflix and and so on, um, you know, streaming has become such a great thing for all forms of media. It's, uh, we don't have to do the naughty things anymore, do we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, it's been great talking Beatles with you, Rob. Do you want to tell people how they can find you online? Yeah, look, I do a podcast called The Doctor Who Show. So if you're into <laughs> Doctor Who, uh, check out thedwshow.net um, or find me on Twitter at thedwshow and uh, we can talk Doctor Who. Sweet. Hmm. All right. Thank you, Kate. It was great being on. I need somebody Help Not just anybody Help You know I need someone Help Okay guys, are you ready to talk about help a little bit? So, what I'm going to do is review the movie real quick. But before I do that, I want to just talk about the song Help itself for a little while. Because it's kind of interesting. It occurred to me as I was recording this that... That some of my first exposure to the Beatles, and um, it, this song is what triggered it. I remembered an episode of Full House where, I don't think it was actually the Beatles, but it was like uh, a cover of the song Help being played during Full House, something with Uncle Jesse. But 
Um, then I remembered, you know, like, Uncle Jesse really liked the Beatles, and it seems like they played a lot of different uh, Beatles covers like that on that show. So really, Full House was kind of the first place where I got familiar with the Beatles before even really realizing who the Beatles were. So kind of interesting. But anyway, I really like the song Help, and I feel like it's one of those songs that as you grow up and as you get older, it just continues to have more and more meaning for you. Especially, you know, the line, when I was younger, so much younger than today, you never needed anybody's help in any way. So typical of being young and headstrong and thinking you can do anything on your own. And then as you get older, you kind of tend to realize that maybe you do need a little bit of help. And so from that same book that Rob was reading from, I actually asked him to send me the entry for help to get a little background on this song to kind of see what was in John Lennon's head when he wrote it. So let me just read you a little bit from that same book. So basically, Help was written with Paul. Um, the lyric reflected John's dissatisfaction with himself. He was eating and drinking too much. He had put on weight. He felt overwhelmed by the fact that they were such worldwide celebrities. And the song, he would later admit, really was a cry for help, despite being written in order for their second film. I needed the help, he said. The song was about me. And it goes on to say, At the pinnacle of pop stardom, John had started to look back with longing to what he now saw as those relatively uncomplicated days at Menlove Avenue. The idealization of his boyhood and adolescence was a theme that was to grow in significance in his songwriting. And so this is kind of part of the reason that John is my favorite. He was so geniusly able to come up with this cry for help, but yet he wrapped it into this incredibly catchy and poppy song. And it's a classic down to our day, but still it just has so much inner meaning to him personally and then even to the listener as well. So yeah, I've always liked this song. And when I decided to do this Beatles episode, I realized that I had never seen the movie Help. So what I did was ordered the Blu-ray and I watched it. So, um, yeah, my initial thoughts and reactions. <laughs> so, first of all, the packaging, amazing. I love this style. It's the, um, you know, vintage 60s. It's got, like, these little postcards with pictures of the Beatles, all in, like, that Technicolor, awesome. And then they all say, help, the Beatles. Uh, the inside's amazing. It's bright colors. It's, like, you know, like that vintage 60s concert poster style with... And so it's, like, got all these, like, a collage of them, like, in different languages. And so it's, like, saying help in different languages. And it's got all kinds of pictures of the Beatles. And it's just awesome. As far as the movie goes itself, just my overall impressions, I was actually pretty impressed. Um, but I wasn't expecting much. I was expecting, I don't know, like, a variety show or something, like, um, just skits stringed together. I wasn't expecting like an actual plot and characters and everything like that. And so I really enjoyed it. So um, just to give you kind of a better background about what the movie was about, I'm going to go ahead and uh, read from that book again, A Hard Day's Right, because it's got a little section about the movie Help. So it talks about how after his performance in A Hard Day's Night, Ringo was given the starring role in Help, and so he inherited 
this magic ring and he was pursued by members of an evil cult who wanted to get the ring. As with the first film, all songs, apart from the title track, were written without prior knowledge of the script and just dropped right into the film. Interestingly, later the Beatles expressed dissatisfaction with help, saying that they'd been no more than extras in their own film. But it marked the beginning of their most fertile period of songwriting. John wrote the film's title track using the words help to explore his own anxiety, which we talked about before, and it was to remain one of his favorite Beatles songs. Paul's Yesterday, which was used on the non-soundtrack side of the album, went on to become one of the most covered Beatles songs of all time, and the first to become an acknowledged classic. So in conclusion, I feel like the movie Help is a really fun and quirky look at life in the 60s. I mean, it's like a window in time. You can watch it and it actually feels like you're in the 60s. Um, I mean, the plot's fine. Obviously, the music is amazing. Overall, I think I would give it, um, let's say seven Ringo Rings out of ten. <laughs> That's my final score. I mean, if you're a Beatles fan and you haven't seen it, definitely see it. If you're not really so much a Beatles fan, I mean, why not? Go see it. I mean, you got nothing to lose and you'll hear an awesome soundtrack if nothing else. So there you have it. My thoughts on the song and the movie help. So that's going to do it for another episode of Nerd of Paradise. I hope you've enjoyed hearing all about the Beatles and... I hope you continue listening to the Beatles forever. So before I go, um, we're going to hear from Dominic and Erica one last time. But this time, we're going to be hearing them sing a classic Beatles song. So enjoy. seen a face I can't forget the time or place where we just met she's just the girl for me and I want all the world to see we've met mm-hmm. had it been another day I might have looked the other way and I'd have never been aware but as it is I'll dream of her tonight da 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 falling yes I'm falling and she keeps calling me back again I have never known the like of this I've been alone and I have missed things and kept out of sight but other girls were never quite like this da 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 da, da. falling yes I'm falling and she keeps calling me back again calling me back again I've just seen a face I can't forget the time or place where we just met she's just the girl for me and I want all the world to see we've met falling yes I'm falling and she keeps calling me back again falling yes I'm falling 
she keeps calling me back again Whoa, falling, yes I'm falling And she keeps calling me back again